0: In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing protecting children through preventative measures. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, Setting Boundaries. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This one is Proverbs 2.11, 16, and 18, and it reads like this. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For her house inclineth unto death, and her pass unto the dead." So good verse for us today because here it is, Here, I mean, we're talking Proverbs here. We're talking thousands of years ago. This verse was written to warn children of the potential of sexual immorality. And so we see, this is an example here of how even in ancient times, that they were teaching their children to look out for predators, to look out for those that their ways inclineth to death and their paths unto the dead. And so we have to, as a church, see this type of instruction and make sure that we're that our children, not only our personal children, probably some of us have grandchildren, these things are being taught. And quite frankly, if we don't teach them, the world will. One of the things that really has struck me is how things have changed over the years versus how when I was a kid and how things are being done now and what we're being encouraged to do and how difficult it is for us of an older age to actually um, seek out or try to have these conversations with younger people. It reminds me of a quote and For some of you out there, you you might recognize this as kind of the the nerd in me is coming out a little bit, but I think it's absolutely right. And it says this, if there is to be a brave new world, our generation will have the hardest time living in it. And that's kind of what I'm getting at today with this article is that we grew up in a certain generation and there were, you know, to talk about... Sex ed and to talk about those things was completely taboo, but the result of that Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabethan 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 anyway, those old ideals actually created an underground or opportunities for predators to take to to seek out prey. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before I continue, I want to let you know, share this video with other people, definitely with your children's ministry. Let them listen to this. Get a copy of the show notes and have a follow-up with them about what are we doing? Are we being proactive in this area at our church? Are we talking to our teens and younger kids about um, sexual health? Might be a way of doing it, but really we're talking about sexual measures, preventive measures to help them understand when something is going to go, is going wrong. So anyway, please check it out. Please share the video. Please get the show notes. All right. So we have some news stories for you. The first one is San Jose, California, uh, May 5th, 2015. A girl aged 13 had just gotten off the school bus and came to the door of her house. Just then she saw a man coming onto the porch the 30-ish man claimed to be lost, then began in pro- inappropriate questioning. The girl opened the door, dashed inside, and tried to close the door, but the man forced his way in. She fought him off until he fled. The girl texted her father while hiding. Police said the man's description matched that of a person who tried to assault a woman a month earlier. So here it is. Somebody had a conversation with this little girl and prepared her for the potential predator that she may come across, and encouraged her to seek shelter, to fight off the best she could, and to call police, or at least in this case, call it texting her dad while she was hiding. So these are good things to talk to our kids about. Next one, San Diego, California, 2021. A San Diego law firm, Etsy and Bomberger, which represents survivors of sexual assault, posted an article about how sexual predators groom children and youth. Um, In the process, predators work on both the intended victim and the parents, taking advantage of their naivety uh, of both, as well as their um, reluctance to admit fault. The predator first looks for ways to get close to the prey and then feigns uh, concern for the child's well-being. This is a constant thing with predators. Not only do they have to groom the the children, but they also have to groom the parents. They have to make their parents trust them. And they have to convince the parents that any one-on-one time they may have with the child is actually for the child's best best uh, interests. But that's not the case at all. They're actually leveraging the, the the foolishness of the parents to get closer to the child. And we have to be aware of this. We have to be aware of the process that predators use so we can do two things. One, recognize when it's happening so we can intervene, but at the same time, um, engaging our children, warning them about these grooming procedures. And that way, if it starts to happen, hopefully these kids will report it to an adult their parents preferably, if not the church. All right, April 22nd, 2021. The Internet Watch Foundation released a report revealing that the online sexual grooming of children has increased. This is especially true for girls, who are targets not only for arranging sexual encounters, um, but also for self-produced online pornography. About 80% of the victims were girls the ages 11 to 13 years old. Images of girls have gone up um, from 2018 to 2020 and I imagine it's still going on. So there are predators using the internet to seduce children and then convince them to take inappropriate pictures of themselves and then they use those photos to get more, so they basically are blackmailing them to do more. I personally, even in the small town that I finished law enforcement in, worked this kind of case twice. Now, I'm only one of nine officers, and I worked at night, the lowest level of interaction with youth as possible, right? Because they have school in the morning and all that kind of stuff, but I personally worked it twice. And this is a small town, 7,000 people. So it's happening in your town. It's happening in your church. All right, next one. Detroit, Michigan, December 5th, 2018. In Detroit, Michigan, United States District Court, um, the nine members of a global online uh, child sex images ring uh, were convicted for several federal sexual exploitation charges. The trial was in Detroit because a Michigan girl had been targeted Who had been targeted worked with the FBI on the case. Um, The men ranging in age from 34 to 47 years old posed as teenage boys to entice girls. This occupation ran for five years. They hunted online social media. Um, They hunted, um, they used online social media uh, began with innocent comments, manipulated girls into exposure and acts, and used shame, blackmail, and/or threats to keep them acting. Ages of the victims were 10 to 17 years old. Uh, they stopped when they realized authorities were investigating people on the same web service they used, uh, but then they were already but they were already under investigation. The leader of the group was sentenced to 40 years but only served a month. Um, before he was beaten to death by an inmate in federal prison. Yikes. All right, Oklahoma, June 17th. A father in Oklahoma learned that his daughter, um, his daughter, that someone on social media was getting fresh with her. Basically, he was grooming her. Dad reported to the local police, but they said they couldn't do anything until the offender came. So he set up a sting. Using the daughter's phone, he made contact with the sexual solicitor who posed um, who proposed meeting with her somewhere. The dad agreed and gave him the address and directions to a large yard behind the house where he set up a tent. There the father and two other men waited while the, the a grown woman was in the tent as a decoy. The hopeful offender came to the appointed time. It was 12.30 a.m., so in the middle of the night and went into the tent when he got there the three men tackled him bound him with zip ties then the police came and took him into custody so here's the thing with this online stuff a lot of local departments don't yet know how to deal with these kind of things they don't they don't have the expertise or the experience the smaller the town the more likely your 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 investigators don't really know what to do and unfortunately in the absence of law enforcement um, stepping in and helping, there's a certain amount of vigilantism that occurs. And um, that can be a bad thing. I mean, this could have turned into a deadly force situation. And it's just unfortunate that law enforcement agencies are still catching up. You know, I, I think about the process of things. You know, um, I think, you know, and I hate to say this, and some of the, it's gonna upset some of you, is the public school system has been acting on this for some time, talking to kids about this. Now, there's a lot of things wrong with that, um, and some misinformation is put out there. Some types of grooming start to occur, even from teachers. Um, It's it's really a, a dangerous situation, and really just brings me back to the, the most important takeaway that we should be getting from that is that if the church does not take this role, and there's biblical basis for it, I mean, I just read you a verse as, you know, from Proverbs that way before the New Testament is talking about educating people, educating children about the dangers that are out there. So if we don't do it, other people will, the world will you will be in the public school system. It'll be their friends. Reminds me of a story, and I, and I don't know how appropriate this is, but um, let me start off by saying this. When I was a kid, um, sex ed basically included uh, my mom had to sign a waiver for me to watch a 30-minute a video or maybe an hour video in sixth grade about our developing bodies. And then in 8th grade, part one of the sections that we covered during that time was sex ed. And it was very limited. Other than that, my parents never talked to me about sex. The church never talked to me about sex. And, um, of course, my friends had plenty of things to say about sex. I remember being extremely young. Here's the possibly inappropriate part here. Is my friend told me and a group of us, that the way women get pregnant is by touching belly buttons, right? So this is the sex ed we get in absence of the church and parents taking an active role. And we have to take an active role. We have to teach children where to draw the line. We need to talk to them age appropriately and in a Christian way. We need to talk to them about their changing bodies and and. We need to talk to them about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and letting them know creating an atmosphere where that kid can come back to the parents and say, hey, somebody tried to do this to me and or did this to me. And then we have to listen to what that child says and then we need to take appropriate action because if we don't do that. There is so much damage that can happen to a child who gets their education and or abuse by somebody outside. And so for very young um, victims, this could be physically injurious because of the extreme difference in size and strength. Um, It includes things like the mind, the mental and emotional abuse of young children. It warps their view of sex often leads to dysfunction in marital relationships. Um, Many later become abusers themselves, so this is kind of a cycle that can occur. Um, Those raised in churches, this brings spiritual and moral confusion because they're engaging with what they believe to be wrong. Um, If the perpetrator is an authority figure, it brings disrespect for the persons in that position, sometimes even authority itself. And so... There's a real cost to all of this, and I think we instinctively know it. You know, I've talked to many of you online, you know, on the phone, stuff like that, and we talk about this type of situation, and the truth of the matter is, is when we talk about child abuse, when we talk about sexual abuse, what happens is the number of people that listen to the podcast, read the article, or anything to that effect, they they shut down. They won't watch the videos. I can see how many people actually read these things and listen to these things. And the numbers go way down. We're so uncomfortable with it. And we have to get beyond that somehow. And I, I don't have a magic wand to, to wave. I don't have any way to make that happen. It really just comes down to us individually to say, hey, this is a real problem. You know, we've seen it in the Catholic Church, we've seen it in the Protestant Church, we've seen it in other religions. It's across the board. Predators are everywhere and they're, they're taking advantage of our unwillingness to discuss it. Our unwillingness to address this with our kids. Now, I get that a lot of you are of a high, older age, right? So you're beyond what you can do for your kids. Uh, Maybe you're at a point where you have grandkids. What kind of conversations are you having with your children about their children? What kind of conversations are you having with the pastor, the youth pastor and other people to say, hey, this has to be something that we have to stop avoiding and start talking about. Now I've spoken to some of you and some of your youth pastors have really good programs especially when they're dealing with teens. I mean, if you're not if they're not talking about sex with teens in a respectful right way, then they're they're really missing the boat. They're really not doing what they should be doing cuz once again, like I said, this is a reality of kids of a certain age and if we're not addressing it, their friends are. The internet is, you know, Hollywood is, and so we have to step in there. So basically, we like the Drew um, Shadeen website. Um, going there, there's all kinds of information. One of the sections they uh, that they have is how to prevent it, and it basically has four steps that are quite expansive that you can read. It's about educating yourself, it's um, learning about healthy development, talking to your children or teen, um, and family and community safety. And all these things build into a safer environment for our kids. I can't stress this enough. I know a lot of you just like want to turn off at this point. But I'm just going to ask you for two seconds. Just listen. Just listen for two seconds. We need to do something. And I don't know what that is for you. You know, a lot of us, you understand where you're at in life, you understand what influence you have, you're surrounded by certain people, and maybe just going up to them and, you know, spilling your guts may or may not be the right thing, but at least let's get some sort of conversation going. It could be as simple as asking, what are we doing to combat the world's view of sexuality versus the church's view? And, how are we resisting that, or how are we fighting against that to ensure that our children are being protected from predators? Maybe that's it, and then let them talk, or let them stew it for a while. I, I get it. As sheepdogs, we want to protect the kids. That's great. That's awesome. We should have a part of that. But also, in my mind, I understand that I'm not necessarily the best person for that. Like, I'm not going to go to the teen's you know, meeting and I'm not gonna be the one that makes the presentation. I'm not the guy for that. Um, there are better people for that, people called the ministry, people that are called to counseling and all those other kind of stuff. But as a sheepdog, my job is to at least check in on that and see if it's happening and encouraging, um, encouraging them to do more if they need to be doing more. So I hope you kind of get the gist of what I'm saying here. We're sheepdogs. Let's do what we can, and not everything is within our control, um, but, you know, we can push the right people in the right direction sometimes, and I hope that's the way you take this um, this program and uh, you take action on it. Other than that, I just want to say, hey, school this year is going great. Our online academy is awesome. We've covered... Um, security team fundamentals we covered active shooter response next week this coming sunday we're going to do de escalating disruptive people it's going to be a lot of fun it has been a lot of fun some good discussions a lot of information i think a lot of you who are in the program understand this is just coming at you so bring paper and a pencil to keep good notes because it's going to give you a lot to think about other than that thank you for joining us this week please share like comment all that kind of stuff, let's get a conversation going, let's let other people, to include Google and YouTube, that this is a video that's worth sharing, so please share, share, share with everybody on your email list if that's what you need to do in order to get that information out there. I think you know, going back to the quote of if there's gonna be a brave new world, our generation is gonna have the hardest time dealing with it, I think that's where a lot of us are at. We weren't raised this way, and it's very awkward, and it's very weird. And so I just want to encourage you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit, just a little bit, because your actions could save a child from ongoing um, molesting or even prevent it from happening in the first place. You have the power. You just have to act. So thank you so much for being here this week, and hey, Let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.